Welcome to Cohen & Company's Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition podcast. This special series is designed to help business owners and C-suite leaders better understand the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and its potential impact. Hello, I'm Mike McGivney, Partner in Charge of Tax at Cohen & Company. Welcome to this episode of Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition. I'm joined today by John Williamson, a manager in our tax department and someone who has done a lot of work with clients on depreciation and the impacts of tax reform on depreciation. Today we're going to talk about the expansion of and modifications made to both bonus depreciation and Section 179 expensing as a result of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which many of us are calling tax reform. We will be digging into how business owners and taxpayers can take advantage of these mostly favorable changes. Hi, Mike. Yeah, thanks Thanks for the introduction. I'm happy to be here. And you're right. Uh, these new depreciation rules definitely have a substantial impact, and it's going to be important for business owners to understand exactly how these are going to impact their business and their expenses. Great. Thanks, John. So before we get into the new rules, why don't we cover what the old rules are prior to tax reform? So uh, can you give us a quick summary of these rules before tax reform? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, just to clarify, Uh, Bonus depreciation is the opportunity for an immediate write-off of a certain percentage of qualified assets in the year that they are acquired. Before tax reform took place, bonus depreciation was allowed for up to 50% of the cost of these qualified assets, and that percentage was actually set to start decreasing starting in 2018. Uh, What assets qualified for bonus depreciation? Well, qualified property or qualified assets included anything considered personal property that was depreciated for less than 20 years. Um, So basically no real property and no real estate. In addition to personal property, there were also some uh, previous exceptions for various other types of improvements to real property. These included qualified leasehold improvements, qualified retail improvements, and just general qualified improvement property. Uh, One important note is that only original use assets were qualified for bonus depreciation. So if you acquired something like used equipment or previously owned land improvements, these wouldn't actually qualify for bonus depreciation, even though they fit into the definition of what a qualified asset is. So the other area of depreciation that's relevant is Section 179 expensing. Can you explain what this was before tax reform? Yeah. So Section 179 expensing is a very similar concept to bonus depreciation. It basically allows you to expense an accelerated portion of qualified assets in the year of acquisition. The key difference between Section 179 expensing and bonus depreciation in particular are limitations. So there are limitations in place which restrict the use of Section 179. The amount of Section 179 a taxpayer can take is limited uh, both by a specific dollar amount and the fact that a taxpayer must have taxable income to take Section 179 expense. And before tax reform, the dollar value allowed for Section 179 expensing was $510,000 per taxpayer. And one other key difference uh, before tax reform is that you were allowed to Section 179 used equipment as well or used assets. Yeah, thanks, John. So those rules uh, have been around for a while, and many business owners are familiar with them. So you know, now the question I think that's most relevant to our clients going forward is, what are the new rules and are they more favorable? Yeah, so s- similar to many of the other changes that occurred under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, uh, the changes to bonus depreciation and Section 179 expensing were mostly taxpayer-friendly, but there are a few unfavorable changes that, that are thrown in there as well. So it's the middle of November 2018 right now, and we haven't received any guidance yet. Let's talk about what we know now. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. So here, here's what we know now related to bonus depreciation. The first change is that the percentage for bonus depreciation has been increased from uh, the 50% under the old rules to now 100%. This percentage is set to be active through 2022, and then at that point, it's supposed to start decreasing for every year after that. The other important change to bonus depreciation is that now both new and used property now qualifies for bonus depreciation. These changes uh, essentially allow a taxpayer to write off 100% of any qualified asset, whether new or used, in the year it's acquired. Yeah, so that's a huge change. So are all the changes uh, related to bonus depreciation taxpayer friendly? Um, so there, there actually is uh, some areas that are not as taxpayer friendly, one of which are which assets still qualify for bonus depreciation. So many of the same rules exist in terms of what property qualifies for bonus depreciation as they did before, um, in that it includes assets with a depreciable life of 20 years or less. However, as we discussed before under the old law, there was a few special asset classifications um, under old law that allowed you to take bonus depreciation on some real property components. These included qualified leasehold improvements, qualified retail improvements, and qualified restaurant property. Now, under the tax reform, all of these special asset classifications have been removed. So they are no longer eligible for bonus and they actually don't even exist at all anymore. Huh. So that's interesting. So if you're in the real estate industry, that could adversely affect uh, the amount of bonus depreciation or the amount of depreciation you're able to take on an annual basis. So I, I did notice you did not mention qualified improvement property. W- what about qualified improvement property with tax reform? Right. So we started this section by talking about what we know about the changes under, under tax reform. And this is one of the gray areas that we are not sure about. Um, and that is what is qualified improvement property and and specifically what type of depreciation is going to be allowed on qualified improvement property. Just so everybody's aware, qualified improvement property is non-structural improvements made to the interior of real property, as long as these improvements are made after the building is placed in service. And do these improvements uh, qualify for bonus depreciation? Uh, the, the answer to that question right now is, is maybe, or it, it might even be that it's supposed to qualify. And the reason why it's, it's a gray answer is because when reading the congressional reports related to tax reform, it seemed clear that the intention was to classify this qualified improvement property as a 15-year asset. This would allow this type of property to qualify for bonus depreciation since it would have been less than 20 years. In the final drafting, of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, however, this special life was seemingly incorrectly omitted, which makes this type of property revert back to its normal life, which is 39 years. Got it. Thanks, John. So it seems like when Congress actually passed the law, they missed this piece, right? Just in the rush to get things through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely the discussion that's taking place right now among tax professionals that seems to be um, what the case is. Now, there's been a lot of discussion about how this could get fixed. Um, There's talk about potential technical corrections that might take place or even a tax reform 2.0 bill that that might get released um, and have some of these errors and omissions, because this this by far isn't the only one in tax reform, um, how they're going to get these fixed. At this point, though, we can't determine with absolute certainty that any of these technical uh, corrections or additional tax reform are going to take place. So at this point, the only thing we can do is move forward uh, with 
basically cautious optimism that we hope this technical correction will take place because it seems apparent that it needs to. All right. Thanks, John. So definitely something to continue to watch out for. So that helps us understand bonus depreciation. What about Section 179 expensing? How has that changed? So unlike bonus depreciation, uh, although Section 179 was adjusted, the, the changes here are not quite as substantial as the ones for bonus depreciation. So first, we talked about some dollar values under Section 179 that apply. Under tax reform, these dollar values have increased, specifically the amount of Section 179 expense a taxpayer can deduct. Previously, it was 510000 That's been increased to a $1 million, and that's going to be indexed annually for inflation. The second thing that changed, just like bonus depreciation, is that some of the assets that qualify for Section 179 expensing have also changed. So expensing limitations have gone up, and the types of assets that qualify have has been expanded. So that's all good. Anything bad related to Section 179? Uh, su- surprisingly, no. So the changes that uh, to assets that qualify for Section 179 expensing were actually all favorable. All they really did was expand the types of assets that you could take Section 179 expensing on. So they expanded it to things like uh, HVAC units, fire suppression systems, security systems, roofs, qualified improvement property, actually. Huh. So qualified improvement property qualifies for Section 179, but not bonus depreciation. Is that a potential opportunity for taxpayers to get around that issue? Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Now, it's important to keep in mind that there are those limitations on Section 179 expensing, so not every taxpayer can take it. Um, But it is a potential that if it doesn't get changed and allowed for bonus depreciation, you could take Section 179 expense on that type of property. Great. Thanks, John. So that's a great summary. So is there anything else a business owner should be considering uh, related to depreciation as a result of tax reform? Yeah, there, there are a few things that aren't necessarily changes to depreciation in particular, but just some changes to some other areas and how they relate to depreciation and how much depreciation a taxpayer or, or business owner can take. The first of which is there is a new interest expense limitation in place. There, there's an available exclusion to avoid that limitation. However, taking that exclusion could potentially limit the amount of bonus depreciation a business can take. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, next, there's there's also a new rule on business loss limitations, meaning that although now with this new bonus depreciation, you may incur some significant business losses, you might not be able to use all of those losses to offset other types of income. So that's something to, to keep in mind. And one last thing that I, I want to point out before it's forgotten is that a few years ago, there were some updated tangible property regulations or what we've called the repair regulations that were released. It's important to keep in mind that these repair regulations still exist. And before you even get to the point of looking at what type of depreciation you should take, you need to really be analyzing your assets and and your your purchases to see if you should even be capitalizing them in the first place under those old repair regulations. Yeah, those are some great comments, John, and definitely things we need to keep in mind. And we'd encourage uh, all taxpayers, too, to make sure they're talking to their CPA about how these rules specifically impact them. So, John, what's one takeaway that you uh, would like to leave with our listeners today? So, the most important thing is that changes to bonus depreciation in Section 179 expensing are are generally favorable. 
but they do have some drawbacks as well as, you know, some open items specifically on qualified improvement property that we already discussed. So you need to keep that in mind and you got to keep that on your radar going forward. Additionally, that, you know, in light of these changes and all other changes that we've seen in tax reform, it's really key right now to work with your tax advisor as soon as possible to start forecasting how these changes are going to impact you and start looking at if we need to implement any kind of planning ideas to really take advantage of some of these changes. Yeah, all great points, John. So with that, we're going to wrap up today's podcast. Thank you, John, and thank you to everyone listening to this podcast today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition. Subscribe to this podcast series at cohencpa.com podcasts. To gain more entrepreneurial insights that may impact you, visit us at cohencpa.com impact. Cohen & Company is not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Information contained in this podcast is considered accurate as of the date of recording. Any action taken based on information in this podcast should be taken only after a detailed review of the specific facts, circumstances, and current law.